We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, Chris Ronji. Oh, hello and good evening. I am Chris Ranji until 9 o'clock tonight on 670 The Score. Uh, good to be with you. I hope you're happy to be with me. And if you're not, you have no choice. I mean, I guess you do, but why would you do anything else on this Friday night? Great thing to do um, if you're getting ready to go out. I don't know what your plans are tonight. If you have any plans, maybe your plans are your house, which is perfectly fine. Um, but if you're going to go out, there's nothing better to do on a Friday night until 9 o'clock as pregame and listen to the score, regardless of who's on. Uh, but in particular tonight, because I am pregaming with you. So good to be with you, and I hope that you'll stick around for the next couple of hours as we talk about a lot of stuff. There is a lot of stuff happening in the Chicago sports world because a lot of things are coming up here. Eminent. A lot of things are eminent here over the next week, mainly the trade deadline or depending on your perspective, mainly the start of Bears training camp. All of these things are going to happen here in less than a week or about a week's time. All of that stuff is going to go on. There's a lot that is happening uh, in Chicago. The number to call in if you want to visit with me tonight, I would love to hear from you. 312-644-6767. That is the way that you can call in. You can also text that very same number, the Tech Zone, brought to you by Rosen Hyundai of Algonquin. Save time, shop online at RosenHyundai.com. All right, we're going to talk to Hub Argish tonight uh, about the beginning of Bears training camp. Uh, training camp has already you know, started for some teams in the NFL, but the Bears are going to get started on Tuesday. Uh, well, at least that is their uh, official report date, and then they will have their first official practice the following day. So we're we're coming up on it here. We're just a few days away from Bears training camp, and um, I, I wonder if anybody is going to ask the question, is Justin Fields going to start? I wonder if that's, you know what, maybe we'll ask Hub. Maybe Hub has not ever been asked that question in the last six minutes. Because I know I've asked Hub that question in the last several weeks. I think every time I've talked to him, I've asked. So we'll see if anything has changed here. Um, probably not, but we'll find out anyway. So Bears training camp is going to get started here in just a few days. The trade deadline is at the end of the month. And obviously, we are paying attention to what the Cubs are going to do here. By the way, a win for them at Wrigley Field earlier today. And uh, with that victory, I mean, still things are not good for them as far as this season goes. And I, I think that we all kind of have an idea of where this whole thing is headed, right? 
I mean, we know that there are going to be trades. There's already been one. As you know, Jock Peterson is gone. He's with the Braves now. And the Cardinals um, are in third place in the division in front of the Cubs now when it was like, what, just a, a week ago or two weeks ago, really? They were way back there. And the Cubs go on the 11-game losing streak, as you know, and they just it just hasn't been very good. Meanwhile, the Brewers and the Reds still in first place and second place in the division, but the Cubs eight and a half games back, game and a half behind St. Louis. They are two games behind the Cincinnati Reds. So things had fallen apart here over the last three weeks for the Cubs, and it happened in a hurry. And it happened after we thought maybe they might actually buy at the trade deadline. At at the minimum, they're going to stand pat, right? With a team that's competitive in this division, knowing just about anything can happen, um, and this division really isn't all that good, with the exception of clearly the Milwaukee Brewers, who can't hit, but they can pitch lights out. What a what a crazy situation that is with Milwaukee, a team that I always give up on by the end of April every year. And it seems like lately they have been proving me very, very wrong. They they always seem to find a way to start playing good ball. Whatever that reason may be, whether they, they find multiple Cy Young contenders in a rotation, guys that you say, who are they? They've done it and, and they're doing it this year. So that's where the Cubs are in the division. I, I think we kind of... We kind of had this idea this was going to happen after that losing streak. Uh, well, I guess probably in the middle of it, when they go from being tied for first place to seven games out, nine games out in a matter of like 10 days. Just a, a, a crazy uh, collapse by the Cubs. So trade deadline is coming up, and we all know the usual suspects. We all know the players that might very well be gone um, when we start talking about the Cubs again after the deadline. You know the guys, and we'll talk about them too. As I mentioned, Bears training camp is going to get started on Tuesday with a practice uh, following that. So Hub Arkish will join us in the show tonight. He's going to be with us at 740. Jay Zawoski is going to join. I'm sorry, uh, Hub's going to be with us at 720. Um, but he is going to join us this hour. We're going. To, it is 740. I was right the first time. Oh, my God. I need to write things down. Uh, 740. Hub will join us. I did write that down. I just wrote it down wrong. Uh, Jay Zawoski will be with us at 820 because the Blackhawks have apparently made a trade for defenseman Seth Jones. He's coming over from Columbus, and it looks like the Blackhawks are going to give him an eight-year extension. The reports are it'll be eight years and about nine and a half mil AAV over the course of that eight season. So after trading away Duncan Keith, Um, you're replacing a defenseman here, a guy that some people, it seems like, are are looking forward to seeing what he can do in a Blackhawks uniform, and there are others who feel like he's been disappointing. And there's, there's, I mean, you can't really doubt the fact that he had been disappointing this past season for him, maybe unusually so. So we'll talk to Jay about that, see how he feels about it. Uh, The Blackhawks in the trade uh, giving up a draft pick, uh, Bokvist is also gone in the deal. So the Blackhawks were supposed to have, and by the way, the NHL draft starts tonight. In fact, I think it starts here in a few minutes. Um, they were supposed to have what would have amounted to pick number 11. Uh, technically, they had the 12th pick overall, but if you remember, the Colorado Avalanche had to forfeit a couple of draft picks because they 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 violated some pre-combine rules 
uh, about a year or so ago. And so they had to draft, uh, they had to give up their draft picks, uh, at least a couple of them. They had to give up their number 11 pick, so it was totally forfeited, which meant the Blackhawks were then effectively selecting 11th tonight. But that pick is gone now. It's on the way to Columbus, and instead they will pick number 32 tonight. So I don't know how, honestly, I watch very few NHL drafts live, so I don't know how long it takes to get through a first round. But if it does get to pick number 32 before 9 o'clock tonight, I'll, I'll let you know who it is. I don't mind informing you. It makes me happy to inform you. So uh, Jay's going to join us at 8.20 as we talk about what's happening there and with the entire situation regarding the Blackhawks and the sexual misconduct situation with the former video coach. Some new details coming out yesterday and just just gross, man. Just every it's it's I, I would imagine that at least for some Blackhawks fans, it's it's very difficult to I mean you're trying to compartmentalize, I guess, right? Because you have this horrible situation going on. You are incredibly disappointed in the way your team behaved and tried to brush it aside tried to sweep it away and then hope it went away. And now here it is coming back a decade later, and it's gross. The whole thing is disgusting. It just is. But some new details from the accusations from one of the victims of that coach coming out yesterday as we see the court filings. And I'm going to talk to Jay about that, too. I just, I don't, it's, look, I know teams when they are successful, especially when they are successful. And the Blackhawks in 2010, you know, I don't have to tell you. You don't want anything getting in the way of that. Like nothing. You don't want any off-the-ice stuff. You don't want in, any um, internal stuff happening that, that only affects teammates. You don't, know what, you don't want any stuff happening out in public where one of your players does something stupid and punches a cab driver or something. You don't want any of that crap. And the natural reaction from every team almost always is to hope it goes away. That's it. Just go away. Don't don't become a problem for us. Just go away. Let's hope nobody finds out about this. I don't know why that is the, the initial reaction that most people have. I mean, well, I, I know why, because there's it it messes with your money. Right? It messes with your money. If you are a team or you are an entity, you are a person, that money is an issue and your success in whatever it is directly affects your money. You don't want anything messing with it, and I guess your initial reaction is, well, I just hope this goes away and I don't have to do the hard thing and deal with it. And way too many people who knew in the Blackhawks organization what was going on, didn't want to do anything about it because of the potential of screwing up a good thing otherwise. And the Hawks had a really good thing going on with how good of a hockey team they were. And we know the result. Three Stanley Cups, six years. That's, I I mean, they didn't want anything to get in the way of that. A promising young team. And I get it. But sometimes you got to do stuff that's difficult. Sometimes you sometimes you are presented with a situation that is not ideal for you. And you don't want to have to deal with it. But you got to deal with it. 
you got to hit it head on. And and too many times, and it happens so much in sports, it happens in the corporate world, it happens in real life with individuals. People just don't want to have to do the hard thing. I think we're actually seeing a, a lot of that right now in society as a whole. There's a, there's a lot of stuff that people just don't want to do to help out the rest of us. They just don't want to do it. But sometimes it, it sucks to be put in that position. It sucks if you're the team president and one of your coaches is doing what he's doing and everybody's aware of it. Or almost everybody is aware of it. It sucks that that piece of crap, which is exactly what that assistant coach is, it sucks that he's done that to you and that he's put you in that position, but you got to deal with it. Grow the hell up and deal with it. Get out in front of it so it doesn't come up 10 years later, 5 years later, or whatever it is, and make you look worse. Deal with it. And the Blackhawks didn't do that. So uh, if you haven't read exactly what happened there, it's, it's disgusting. The whole thing is gross. And the Hawks, the people who are involved, should be ashamed by it. And I hope they are. I hope the people who had direct involvement, um, and I'm not talking just about the assistant coach. That guy is worthless. I'm talking about people who knew and didn't do enough to, to make sure it stopped or to make sure correct punishment happened. The people who said, well, it's not really our job to do it. Yeah, I, I hope they feel ashamed by all of it because there's there's no other real response. Like, like an actual human being, the real response is shame after something like that. So hopefully they feel that. I, I don't know if they do, but I hope they do. But hey, they made a trade today, so that's cool. Uh, we'll talk to Jay about all of those things in the next hour. Uh, you got the phone number to text in and call in, 312-644-6767. I'm on Twitter, at Chris Ranji, uh, R-O-N-G-E-Y. If you want to send me tweets, if they're nice, if they're nasty, if they don't really have any meaning at all, you can send them to me. I love you, and I and I want to hear from you. Uh, I truly do. So uh, the NFL has a really interesting situation ongoing now. As we are getting closer to training camp for a lot of these teams, and whether or not you like it, we're still in the middle of a pandemic. If you want to admit we are or not, we are. I'm sorry, there's no way around it. You can pretend like we're not, but we are. The NFL has recognized that, and uh, they have kind of dropped the hammer on everybody else, or at least as of now. They have told teams, get in line or you could be in trouble at some point in the middle of this season. And and quite frankly, I don't think there's a, a more logical way for them to go about it. So we're going to talk about that, too. We'll talk about that with Hub uh, later on in this hour. 312-644-6767 is the phone number that you can join us here on 670. The score, lots happening, huh? Boy, this is really something. It's a Friday night. We're all pre-gaming together, and there are all kinds of Chicago sports things for us to talk about. Brandon Fryer is producing the show tonight. I want to thank him for all of his work, at least so far. We'll see if he doesn't you know, screw something up here in the next 80 minutes or so. I don't think he will. I don't think he will. Brandon's really good. The two of us are with you for the next hour or so on 670 The Score. Have you gotten the vaccine? Um, I don't necessarily uh, think that's 
exactly important, Clarence. Uh, I think that's HIPAA. Um, but I understand where Zeke comes from. Um, I understand everybody's opinion. Um, and I think everybody's uh, has that right. That is Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott, uh, allegedly healthy, allegedly going to play, uh, who did not want to ask or answer the question about whether or not he has gotten the vaccine. And uh, the reason, it, and by the way, Zeke Elliott did and said that he did, so good on him for doing that. Um, the reason that he didn't want to talk about it or why he said there uh, what he did is that there are a lot of players who just for whatever reason, don't want to do it. And the reason it matters right now is the NFL has issued a policy. A memo came out yesterday outlining basically what's going to happen if teams are not at that 85% threshold of fully vaccinated players. And you've seen the number 85% before because that is the number Major League Baseball required its teams. Well, not really required, but said, look, we're going to loosen restrictions on you throughout the season. Team activity, stuff that you can do in the clubhouse, on the road, all of these things, the access you can have, you can have more of that if 85% of your traveling party gets vaccinated. That was the deal in Major League Baseball. NFL has followed suit. And basically, it looks like some of these outcomes are going to be tougher on teams that don't get to that level, like much tougher. Uh, Tom Pelissero tweeting yesterday, the NFL informed clubs if a game cannot be rescheduled during the 18-week season in 2021, and yes, by the way, in case, case you're just now paying attention to football, um, it's an 18-week schedule instead of a 17-week schedule. There's been one game added to the regular season. But if your game cannot be rescheduled during the 18-week season due to a COVID outbreak among unvaccinated players, the team with the outbreak will forfeit and be credited with a loss for playoff seeding. Also from the memo, the team responsible for a canceled game because of an outbreak among the unvaccinated players slash staff will be responsible for financial losses and subject to potential discipline from the commissioner. That's a big deal. That is a really seriously big deal that they've basically said, we're if we can't make up these games, we're not going to bend over backwards to do it because you didn't get to the threshold we needed you to in the middle of a freaking pandemic. And because of that, we're you're just you're going to have to wear it. And I think it's a good thing the NFL has done that. Unfortunately, there is still a ton of pushback, as you can imagine. But I guess this is good news. It, at least it appears to be a good trend. Alan Sills, who is the CMO of the NFL, said this today, that 80% of the NFL, 80% of the players, have at least one shot of the vaccine. That's a good number. You know, we're getting there. Nine teams are at 90%. That's a really good number. That's the kind of number you need um, to really make this thing work. Five teams are at 70%, which isn't high enough. Again, they need to get to the 85%. What's even more difficult is the situation for assistant coaches who don't have a union 
and they don't have any protection uh, or to, to really push back against this. The NFL has basically told them, if you're an assistant coach and you don't get vaccinated, you cannot have access to players. Uh, good luck doing your job then. Vikings offensive line coach Rick Dennison asked for an exemption. Don't really know what the reason was for it. Probably just personal belief or something. Um, and the NFL said, no, you, you don't get an exemption. You need to get vaccinated if you want to remain a coach. The report from earlier today was that Dennison uh, was not going to coach this year, that he was out, that basically the Vikings said, all right, if you're not going to do this, then get lost. But apparently that's not the case yet. Anyway, the team is still talking with him. So I don't know what the outcome is going to be here, but we can already see what a mess this is. That all, all you have to do is get this done. And it goes back to what I said during the last segment. Look, like it or not, uh, throw a tantrum or not, we are in a pandemic. I don't care if you if you want to admit it or not, we are in one. You can say we're not all you want. You can say this is no big deal all you want. It is and it is. I'm sorry. It just, it, look, I, I can't, I don't know how to explain this any better. And I'm not sure that people who know what they're talking about can explain this any better. But this is the situation. We are in it, whether you like it or not. And organizations, teams, they're going to take precautions. They're going to take measures. If you like it or not, too bad it's happening. And there's a reason for it. They're not just doing it for the hell of it. They're trying to, they're trying to keep people safe, which I appreciate. Now, I don't know what the outcome is going to be here, but I know there are a number of players who don't like it. Personal reasons, uh, silly reasons, somebody they listen to on the radio, somebody they watch on TV tells them not to, they're inserting microchips or some nonsense, I don't even know. We're, we're still in an experimental phase, it's not even FDA approved, which by the way, when it is FDA approved, uh, these people are going to find something else. <laughs> it's, it's not, it is nothing to do with the approval, it's just they don't want to do it. They don't want to do it, and it very likely is political for a lot of them. And I'm, I'm sure there is some fear, but the not to get too deep in the weeds on this, but the technology for these vaccines, they've been working on since the 70s. This isn't new stuff. Literally before I was born, they started working on this stuff in like 1971, and all the resources in the world went to it over the last year, and they were close to a breakthrough the year before on that MNRA technology mRNA technology. They were close to a breakthrough. This is this has been going on for years. This is not this is not just out of the blue that they came up with this thing. They've been working on it. And it did get tested a lot last year. And in fact, they had a backbone for it like a month or two into the into the pandemic. Like they kind of knew what to look for and what to do and here we are. Okay. So that aside, it is about as safe as a vaccine can be. And it's the way we get out of this. It's the way we don't get sports interrupted. And I just don't understand why teams and players wouldn't do it. And there are a lot of players. There are guys that you already know about. Uh, famously, Cole Beasley. Uh, he today tweeted, and uh, he kind of went back at me on Twitter today. 
he was responding to Jerry Hughes, a, a teammate of his. And Jerry is all pro-vaccine and saying, look, you got, you got to do this. It makes sense. It protects you. It protects people around you. So Cole Beasley's tweet was, Jerry, so, and, and by the way, follow me on this one, because I, it, it's hard to understand exactly what he's saying if you read it with the words in front of you. It's probably going to be even tougher if you're just listening to me tell you. Cole Beasley tweets, Jerry, so if a vaccinated player gives an unvaccinated player with underlying conditions COVID, it's cool, though. And the player with underlying conditions gets blamed for it? From minority to the majority, now the minorities don't matter. That's his tweet. I don't know what the hell he's trying to say there. I have no clue. So I, being the jerk that I am, retweeted it with the comment, These are all definitely English words, but in no particular order. Well, he didn't like that. Uh, he, He actually retweeted it and said something to the effect of, you know what I'm trying to say. And I said, no, nobody knows what the hell you're trying to say. So it kind of started a thing and people are going, his followers are are going after me. Um, But he's still on this personal freedom thing. Guys, this isn't a personal freedom thing when it comes to this. I, I really wonder... Before we hit the break here, I, I really wonder how people would have reacted like this group of people that we we have, you know, like this current environment we're in. How would we have reacted during World War II when they told us to ration our gasoline and our butter and milk? W- would, would people like 40 percent of the country be saying, uh, well, it's my personal freedom to have as much gasoline as I want. So that's what we're doing, huh? Look, man, we're still in this, and if teams want to avoid having to shut down, having to be financially responsible for losses and causing the rest of their team to take on losses on the field, I, I don't get it. It's, it's not personal anymore. You are affecting other people. Your decisions here are affecting other people, and I still don't understand how people don't see this. Like this, this personal freedom, personal freedom, personal freedom over and over again that we keep hearing. It isn't about you. It's about all of us. There's a contract here. You live in a society. We all have to do things sometimes. Things you don't want to. By the way, I still live in St. Louis. Uh, so hello, everyone from St. Louis, from Missouri, which is a hot spot right now. And... Uh, the, the city that I live in is going back to mandate starting on Monday, which sucks. But guess what? There's one way that we can avoid this stuff. And you know what that is. And it's free and it's easy. And it's the same way we can avoid problems throughout the NFL regular season. Just do it, man. Come on. We're, the, the grownups are doing this. The grownups are getting together and doing this because we don't want there to be failures throughout the season. It's really unfortunate, and it bums me out that this is where we are. Anyway, we'll take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk to Hub Arkish. We'll get his thoughts on this. We'll get his thoughts on training camp, which starts for the Bears on Tuesday. And um, also, what is going on in Green Bay? Nobody wants to be a Packer anymore. Nobody wants to play for the Packers. And it's awesome. 
Actually, do we want to take a phone call first? Do we have time for that, Brandon, or do we need to go now? You tell me. All right, let's see what Southside Tom has to say. Tom is with us on the score. Hello, Tom. Hey, how are you? Good, man. Very nice, very nice to hear you this evening. But uh, uh, if I may make a couple comments based on what you had just recently spoke to and spoke about, about the vaccinations and it's anyone who doesn't do it is wrong. All, I, all I'm going to say is just a couple things is regardless of what side of the coronavirus thing you're on, what side of the political thing you're on, the point is we still have freedoms in this country. And especially if you're on the other side of that, of my body, my choice, and then those people are respecting, like, my body, my choice, as well as the fact that we constantly, not you, just even in your little, uh, what you just mentioned earlier, but the media in general constantly talk about this pandemic. I, I, I understand there's, there's the thing that's going on. What I would appreciate is that you have some fair balance, you have some empathy for people who do have rights in this country, and you then just balance that with not your own political uh, derivation of everyone's got to do what you think okay, should be let me, done. Tom, let me, let me ask you a question. Uh, first of all, this is not political for me. This is this is just reality and science. I don't I, like I, I don't care if if the last president would have said, hey, we have this vaccine. It's been tested. It's good. Let's go do it. If, if he had said, let's wear masks all year last year, I'd have been like, good. OK, you're doing something about this. I don't care about the politics of it. I think a lot of people care about the politics of it, and it's absolutely the wrong way to look at it. What I would ask you is, if you were alive, like I just mentioned a moment ago, during World War II, and the government said to you, please ration your gasoline, would you have said, well, my personal freedom, I can get as much gas as I want? Did Tom go Right, I mean, you know, that's actually, you know what, no, that's actually, that's a great point. When it comes to this, that, is sort of a fair question slash assumption, but back then it's like we need you to ration gas. Everyone's like, okay, I'm rationing gas. I will use less for the betterment of the country. The point yes. is, with yes, you're all, you're so close, Tom. You're so close, man. You no, almost get it. Right, but the right, but well, not. But then again, you're being sort of little snippy, like you almost get it. What I get That's is correct. I know almost, the clinical. Yeah. No, but I know the clinicals, I know the bad, I know the information that was not shared properly, and we still all have the opportunity to, right, my body, my choice. It's, it's very not the same. No, it's not, it's not the same thing. And, and the reason it's not the same thing is in what you're talking about and alluding to does not affect other people. It doesn't affect you if somebody goes and does the thing that you're talking about. If you choose not to get vaccinated and then go about your life as if you are and, you know, breathing on people and doing whatever it is you do as normal, you are affecting other people. I don't I just don't understand why people can't see this. They cannot get past this personal freedoms thing. I don't want to wear masks. I didn't really want to get vaccinated. I don't want to have to do that crap. I don't want to have to take time out of my day to go get it done. I just would like to go about my business as normal. But I realize I live in a society and there's a thing called a societal contract. You know what I mean? And you have to sometimes do things for the betterment of other people. Yeah, go ahead. Personal freedoms. Do what you want. It kind of makes you a jerk, though. It makes you selfish. I'm sorry, but it does. Cole Beasley is selfish. DeAndre Hopkins is selfish because of what he said. 
I'm sorry, but it's just true. You're affecting other people whether you realize it or not. We'll talk to Hub Arkish next. I'm Chris Ranji on The Score. It's getting better every day. I mean, uh, I've been in a situation like this before, and, you know, all I did was was was, was get better. So um, I, I feel like if you can control what you can control and uh, come to work every day with a positive attitude and uh, a want to get better, uh, then, you know, there's no stopping you. Um, I think when, you know, that time comes, when I do get my opportunity, I, I just have to be ready for that moment. New quarterback of the Bears, Justin Fields. Getting ready for the season, getting ready for training camp. It starts next week. Chris Ranji on 670 to score until 9 o'clock tonight. Uh, we'll talk about that Blackhawks trade and everything that's going on with that team with Jay Zawoski in the next hour. But right now, as we are approaching the start of training camp and the Bears reporting on Tuesday officially with a practice the following day, Hub Arkish is an NFL expert. Uh, you know Hub. I don't need to introduce Hub to you. Hub is joining us now on the guest hotline brought to you by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Hub, good evening. How are you? I'm good, Chris. How you doing? Oh, I'm feeling like a million damn dollars. Um, <laughs> obviously, we'll talk about Justin Fields in a second, but the the NFL rules uh, for the vaccination came out yesterday. Uh, a lot of people like them. I applaud them for being firm on this. A lot of people don't like them, including players. I think I know where you stand, but I'd like to hear what your thoughts are on this and whether or not it's all workable. Well, it's workable. Um, It's something that the owners do have the authority to do based on the terrible collective bargaining agreement that the NFL Players Association got their players uh, a couple years ago, or 10-year extension uh, that will now run through 2030. And... and, um, you know, we'll, we'll just have to see how healthy they can keep everybody. Uh, it, 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 what's happening here, Chris, is, is that the league is trying to to thread a needle, you know, walk a very fine line, whatever cliche you want to use. The simpler thing would be to just mandate that if players want to play, they have to be vaccinated. The, the, there, there's no unanimous uh, opinions on, on what the law would say, but but certainly the overwhelming majority says that as private industries, they do have the right to, to mandate vaccines for their employees. They don't want to do that because they don't want to alienate whatever it is, whether it's 20, 30 or 40 percent of their audience. They, they don't want another, you know, national anthem, you know, crisis, uh, not crisis, but, uh, you know, distraction like they had a few years ago. And, and so what they're doing here is saying, OK, you know, we're not going to force you to get a vaccination. But since you're not being considerate of your teammates or anybody else you work with, if, if you are cause of, of a disruption because you didn't get a vaccination, then you're going to pay a penalty. I, I, I will say uh, the one piece of it that I do struggle to understand a little bit, unless they're thinking peer pressure works, is in the event of a forfeit, I'm fine with the team that caused the forfeit, you know, uh, forfeiting their, their game checks, but I don't understand why the opposing team has to. You know, that, that, that part is a little mystery to me, but, but other than that, it makes sense based on what they're trying to accomplish. You know, I, I know you said at the top, and we've talked about this off the air as well, you think you know where I stand. Um, uh, I, I think that it's a free country and everybody gets to make their own choices, but not at the expense of their neighbors, uh, friends, and families. And so 
Um, it's one thing to say, I don't want to get a vaccine for myself. It's another thing to say, I'm not going to get it. And if it causes me to get you sick, that's okay. That's not okay. You know, and, and that's the part that, that we're all struggling with right now. So uh, I prefer to just leave the politics out of it. I don't care whether you're liberal, conservative, Democrat, Republican. Um, we are facing a worldwide health crisis, and there are some people who just aren't taking it seriously enough. Yeah, I, I I don't know how we ever get past that. Um, I, I don't know. I, it it just seems like this is going to go on and on for longer than it needs to. It already has, I guess. But um, I don't know what the what the final outcome is here. What I do know is there are players who are pushing back. As far as you know, within the Bears organization, and, and we did hear that um, 80% of the league, according to the NFL, has at least one shot. Do you know where the Bears stand as far as getting close to that threshold? You know, Chris, the only thing I know, because we're, we're theoretically not allowed to ask these questions or we can ask them, that then we become invasive into people's private rights, um, is that they are not one of the 13 teams in the league that has achieved the 85% vaccination level that the league wants from all their teams that they believe will allow them to create some herd immunity. Uh, how close they are to that number, uh, I, I really don't know. Uh, there is a, an interesting number of players, at least interesting to me, who choose politely not to say, you know, whether they've been vaccinated or not, or how they feel about it. And, and again, that is their right, but that isn't, isn't that the same thing as saying I'm not vaccinated? <laughs> because if you are, there'd be no reason to say I'm vaccinated, you know, not to say that I'm vaccinated. Right. So, um, uh, but how many uh, of the 90 guys on the roster that is, I just, I don't know. Hub Arkish joining us here on 670. So to get to the football stuff, because there is, you know, some actual practicing. Uh, I mean, there's been working out and whatnot, but uh, the official practices will begin next week in training camp. And as we start on Tuesday, or everybody reports on Tuesday, what to you, um, aside from Justin Fields, is the biggest storyline here? Well, I think I think even including Justin Fields, uh, to be honest with you, Chris, the, the biggest storylines with the Bears right now uh, are who the second and third cornerbacks are going to be and what the starting offensive line is going to look like. I mean, that's going to dictate uh, the, the ceilings, if you will, for both the defense and the offense. Um, I don't think there's anything that Justin Fields can do on the practice field uh, to change the fact that Andy Dalton has already been named the day one starter. Uh, I suppose there are some things you could see in exhibition games that, that could, you know, cause Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace to change their minds and, and, and say, you know, maybe we go with them. But I, I'd be shocked. I just don't think that's happening. As long as Andy Dalton is healthy, I think he's going to be the opening day starter, regardless of what happens in the exhibitions. And to go a step further, if he gets hurt. They've got to take a hard look at starting Nick Foles before they go to Justin Fields, based on all the reasons they've already told us that it isn't wise for him to be uh, the opening day starter. So we will watch Fields, you know, with great anticipation and everybody will be forming their own analysis. But I'm going to be focused a lot more on, on how that offensive line is shaped up. Uh, it looks like Tevin Jenkins on the left side and, and uh, you know, Jermaine Effetti on the right side of your starting tackles. I don't think that's etched in stone at the moment. Uh, I think they're much improved on the interior of the offensive line. But they actually don't have a backup at left tackle on the roster right now. Uh, you know, Elijah Wilkinson, they say, can step in and do it. 
uh, Larry Borum, the fifth round pick, is a better athlete than I expected him to be. You know, if Eddie can't do it, uh, there is the, the, the guy who who's at least tried it in college and, and may have to be a, a backup answer is Alex Bars, but uh, they think he actually projects at the tackle position better on the right side than the left side, and they hope he's a guard altogether. Um, so what they're able to do in front of these quarterbacks to protect them to me is the bigger story. And then defensively, I think they got plenty of talent to compete at cornerback as it's just going to be interesting to see who eventually claims the other starting job across from Jalen Johnson in the nickel spot. Do you think that's really what the, what the bottom line here is that it, if these guys, this collection of whatever they decide on, you know, to, to fully fill out the offensive line, they want to see it work for like three or four weeks before they would even consider going to another quarterback and, and by other quarterback, I mean fields. You know, Chris, I, I think it's a big part of it. We're never going to get them to acknowledge that. But the reality is until they know if they have a running game or not, how can you put this rookie on the field? <laughs> I mean, you know, if you're asking him to go out and play one dimensional football as a rookie and not make the same mistakes that every other rookie in the history of the game has made, that's just not realistic. And so, yeah, I think it's one of the reasons that they're being careful. I think they're more concerned about getting a better handle on where he is as a field general. There's no question uh, that as an athlete, uh, arm talent, rare speed for the position, he's better than Dalton or Foles right now with, with his traits and with his tools. Um, but we also know that 90% of these first-round quarterbacks fail and the reason 95% of the time is mental, not physical, you know, and, and that's the part that takes time. And it does take some time even sitting and watching, not just time on the field making those mistakes. First, you sit and watch. You hope you eliminate a lot of the mistakes. Then you get on the field. You give them a chance to eliminate the rest of those mistakes. But that almost always takes at least a full year. And so... I think that there's no way that we're going to quell or quiet the fields conversation. There's no way we should because it's exciting. But in terms of whether or not this team can win football games and, and maybe even contend for a playoff spot this year, because there is, you know, some of it's middle-aged and that's part of the concern, but there certainly is enough talent on this roster to win the NFC North, especially if Aaron Rodgers doesn't show up in Green Bay. Um, and, and, you know, I talked about the league trying to thread a needle in, in, in terms of what they're de- doing to deal with the COVID situation. The Bears are trying to thread a needle in, in developing their quarterback of the future while being competitive right now. And, and, and that all is going to be dictated again by, uh, you know, the improvement in the offensive line. I think that the, the focus or the, or the visual on defense is going to be who the starting corners are. But that really is going to come down to as much as anything. If the defense is going to be top five or so again, is can they get the pass rush that's been missing the last two years after it was the driving force in 2018? Because if they get that pass rush, then they're going to be fine at cornerback, whichever these kids ends up playing. I do want to ask you about the Packers before we uh, say goodbye here. And you mentioned Aaron Rodgers, and I'm assuming he's going to play for them this year. But then, you know, Devontae Adams breaking off contract talks or extension talks. He doesn't apparently want to be there. We saw Zadarius Smith uh, tweeting today that he's looking for a realtor in Green Bay. So, like, there, it just seems like they're – what is going on in Green Bay? And, and how has somebody uh, in the front office not lost their job yet? Well, I'll give you the answer to the last part first. Nobody in the front office has lost their job because they're really good at them and they've done an excellent job and they don't deserve to lose them. Um, uh, The problem here 
is that Aaron Rodgers, one of the three or four greatest football players of all time, is a complete tool. And he is in the process now <laughs> of throwing his team under the bus, much like he threw his family under the bus several years back. You know, I mean, he I don't know if you read the most recent quotes that he gave when he showed up for the golf outing. But he basically came out and acknowledged that this is all about nothing more than they didn't tell him they were going to draft Jordan Love. Now, he'll claim that's not what he said, but read what he did say. It's the only yeah. way you can take it, you, you know, <laughs> and, and, and the fact that he's willing to let the whole team suffer because his ego was bruised. I mean, it's inexcusable. And, and so the Packers, I feel bad for Mark Murphy and Brian Gutekunst because they're in a tough situation. If they cave to Rodgers, if Murphy caves to Rodgers and fires you know, Gutekunst, then fine. Maybe he gets Rodgers for one or two more years, but nobody else is ever going to want to go play for them again. You know, and so I, I just Rodgers has put his entire team and his entire fan base between a rock and a hard place for no good reason. And, and you know, I'm with you. I mean, you assume that if nothing else, the competitive nature of these guys, eventually he'll play. But you got to look at this two ways. One way is that just last year, this was just recently reported, but between his his uh, his endorsements and his contract with the Packers, he made $90 million last year. Now, what that means is he's already made at least two to $250 million over the course of his career, and he can certainly afford to walk away, I would imagine. On the other hand, no matter how rich you are, you want to walk away from another $100 million this year and probably three or $400 million over the next three or four years? That makes no sense. And so that's why we assume that he'll let his ego, you know, whatever he wants to do, uh, put it in a box for a year or two. Um, we assume that he's going to come back and play, but there's no guarantee. Uh, you know, I mean, he, he's, he's got the financial independence to do whatever he wants. Uh, he clearly puts himself and his ego ahead of anybody else. And so this is, he, he's the one who said it. In, in his post-game press conference after the NFC title game loss last year, last January. His future is a great mystery, and, and, and we have no more hints now as to how he wants to make that mystery work out than, than we did, you know, eight months ago. 99% of everything you've ever said or that I've heard you say is truth. Um, nothing truer than Aaron Rodgers is a tool. <laughs> I'm. <laughs> that made me so happy. Hey, uh, Chris, I, I, I've made a, a career study of the seven words we can't use on radio, so tool is a nice uh, compromise, you know? You could tell me the one you wanted to say off the air. No, I like tool. I'm, I'm going to stick with tool. <laughs> okay. Hub, thank you, man. Enjoy your Friday and your weekend. Take care. <laughs> that, that is Hub Arkish, uh, the score's very own. God, he's the best. And, yeah, he's somebody refute what Hub just said. Prove to me that Hub is wrong, that Aaron Rodgers is not a tool. Prove to me that he's not a tool. Chris Ranji with you until 9 o'clock on The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your 
vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 